0: All right, I'm here with Jessica Bergman, owner of Downtown Strength and Conditioning. And I asked Jess to come on the show because we were recently at your box. We were there for Wadapalooza Weekend, which of course led to a huge influx at your gym. But I was just taken aback by how well the gym was run, how organized it was, how clean it was, how much you care about the gym. So I want to Thank have you. you on. So welcome.
1: Yeah, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Super excited to uh to be here. Absolutely.
0: Let me tell you the first thing that I noticed about you. Well, other than the fact that, you know, I had met you in the past at your level two, but, you know, I sent you a message. I said, hey, we're going to be at Wadapalooza. Camille and Dave are going to be there. Can we do some stuff? And within like 30 seconds, you had responded and you had texted me and you were... Yeah the entire time just so responsive and super fast with everything and i think that's something a that was the first thing i noticed about how how good you were and why you have a successful box
1: thank you i appreciate that i uh my old ceo my company that i I still work for on the side i guess if you would um always say fast is better than slow and uh, i still believe that um i think that you know if it's something that you can kind of gets you pretty quickly, right? Like just even a quick, you know, uh, we'll talk later or just a quick response. I think that it's always better than, than leaving it to wait, right? So I appreciate that and definitely take pride in, in being quick, especially around Waterpalooza. I'm like married to my phone because we're getting so many, you know, calls and texts and questions. So always try and be
0: especially, you know, responsive around um, the time of year. Yeah, so so let's, let's talk about that. You are yeah. literally... In downtown Miami, you know, for those that have been to Wadapalooza, you're a block away from the venue. I mean, a two minute walk, if that. What, yeah. what does being around the corner from such a big event do to a box? Like, how impactful is that for you guys?
1: Yeah, so um, so it's very impactful. Um, I'll preface uh, preface what I'm about to say with the fact that you know I've been living in Miami for. Since 2009, um, and I started CrossFit way back when at one of the first boxes that was down here, and uh, was able to witness the birth of of when you know Guido had first put it together. Um, I judged it the first year and was able to compete in you know following years, and then became a spectator and now obviously you know experience it as not just a coach but now as a as a box owner, right? So knowing kind of the history of Wadapulsa and having watched it evolve, um, I knew that it was gonna be really important. Um, last year, uh, we were only in business for three months when Plaza happened, um, but knowing what I knew about you know, how big it is and how many you know, people it draws from the community, we were doing everything in our power to get ready last year, right? So I spent a ton of time you know, outbound marketing, going on Instagram, following you know, hashtags, not, not a bot, right, me personally, reaching out to athletes, spectators, coaches, photographers, anyone that, that I knew um, in the community over the past, you know, 10 years and inviting them to the gym, telling them, you know, come by, check it out. Um, you know, really capitalizing on the fact that we were going to be there um, close to the, to the actual festival and that we were new. Right. So a lot of people didn't know we were, we were there. Um, so that being said, this year we had at least a little bit to draw from. Um, I was very fortunate last year um, to attend uh, the first MDL1 DDC course out at HQ and I ran into Dylan and, and Matt and uh, they're you know was loud live and I you know took my phone and I was like hey, you know I know Dylan for many years from when he first started in the CrossFit community down here and showed him my, my high life on Instagram. I was like look this is what we did at Watapalooza. This was in March of last year and I was like this is what we did. You know, how could we do more this year, right? We're a block away, you know, how do we align better with you guys uh, throughout the year, right? So that when Guadapalooza comes around this year in 2020 that we would be, you know, the best partner we could be, you know, for you guys. So um, conversations kind of started there. Um, and then Dylan was back in town. You know, so was I here in Miami and him and Stacy was one of the community outreach um, people over there at Loud Live. They came, they toured the gym, um, you know, talked about how we were going to potentially be expanding this year, which we did and how we were going to be even bigger and better. Um, so kind of uh, started involving ourselves in, you know, the online qualifiers, hosting some of those, and then you know, Buttery came down here, and they did twenty point two here, and Matt and Pat uh, came to kind of cheer them on, and we, you know, so we had been building to this, right? It wasn't just, hey, let's be a partner of Waterpalooza. I mean, we really had been working on the partnership um, really since Waterpalooza ended last year. I mean, it really takes a year to get to get ready for something like that. Um, and being that we you know we're just, so you know, as a gym right here in downtown. It's like, what could we do to, to do as much as we can to bring. You know whether it be events, spectators, um, you know, coaches, photographers, whatever to to get, you know, people to our gym and and to really be an extension of Waterpoloza, and I feel like we were really able to do that um, this year. And I think you know that firsthand because you know you were you were at our gym and you were able to host an event there, and it was awesome. And, and I think it's a win win for everybody, right? If we have the space and we can make it work, we we will.
0: Yeah, not just us. I mean, throughout the entire weekend, you had even you know games level athletes people competing at Wadapalooza, Palooza just randoms coming in and working out so that's really yep. awesome so it was more than just hey we were hosting these these seminars here it was it was really just this is the place to be if you want to train come on in
1: yeah i mean and i think it's you know to, to your point right it's it's a lot of moving parts right like people are like oh you're so lucky you get so many drop ins it's like ah, i hate that word luck right because i think you know yeah luck is great but there's a lot of planning goes into you know, getting these people, you know, to your gym, right? Whether it's you know being fortunate enough to know some of these athletes, right, when they first started out, before they were you know games or regional athletes, rest in peace regionals, but or sanctional athletes rather, yeah. um, you know, to to get them get them out here, right? But also, you know, to to be you know doing a lot of that legwork, right, to sit on the couch literally at night and be out there outbound, reaching out every waterpoosa hashtag, every you know follow these people's journeys through the qualifiers. I mean, I literally was back in August when qualifiers were happening you know, inviting people or, or, you know, following their journey, right? Hey, great job on your, you know, your PR, your time on whatever, or, you know, great job on this qualifier and really, you know, becoming part of, of the process leading up to Wadapalooza and, um, you know, just creating a lot of the marketing around it. You know, we have a, a great marketing manager these days who is a member at the gym and she, you know, when the gym got busy enough where I couldn't just do all the flyers and all these different things, I started working with her to help. You know, create a lot of buzz, putting together like really fair, um, you know, and aggressive pricing packages, like for people to come in, not gonna you know, gouge our own community, you know, putting together really cool retail and, you know, just doing it as, as much as we can um, to, to get that word out, right? To bring the, the right people here, um, you know, and in the media, right? Like, you know, being very um, open, you know, to having them here to do what they need to do. Um, but also, of course, being cognizant of that Our members still need to work out too, right? Opening the gym for insane hours. I mean, you know, 445 in the morning, we're opening the gym. And by the time we we end open gym and close the gym and clean it up, and, you know, it's almost 10 o'clock at night, and then being right back there again. So I I think that just, you know, making sure that the gym is available to those athletes, and especially for the elites, like, making it essentially a safe space, right? I mean, if you're Brent Fikowski, and you're coming to our gym for three hours to train, or or you're, you know, Kelsey Keel, and you've just qualified for the first time as an individual, it's now, you know, it's shifted from, I need to go here and compete and be ready to, yeah, I'll cheer my friends on, work with my sponsors, you know, do some some podcasts, do some different, you know, media appearances, but I got to train. I got to worry about my sleep, my eating, my training, my recovery. And, you know, if we can take one thing off those types of athletes' plates, right, by allowing them a place where they can train and, you know, have the equipment they need, the space they need, and not worry about somebody, hey, I need a picture with you. Can we take a selfie? Like, you know, these people are people, right? And they have essentially what they work all year um for coming up, right? So if we can help provide a place for them to kind of seek a little refuge, get their training in, and kind of put their mind at ease, you know, for that piece at least of, of their trip, um, then you know, we're gonna do that. So I think and then word kind of spreads, right? We had a lot of affiliate owners and coaches here last year and they send their athletes, right? Or we reach out, you know, I mean, I reached out to like for example, like Todd Wise or the Ben Bergon or whoever and just say, Hey, send your athletes here. They can be here. We'll, you know, allow them a place to train and you know, just being flexible with that. So Right. So point is
0: all this stuff that looks easy is actually really complicated and really time intensive beforehand. And I think, you know, what I want to really chat about is the same thing relative to your box, because Mm -hmm. I I think what gets overlooked when you go to a lot of boxes is just the attention to detail. And that Mm -hmm. was something that you guys really do well and it doesn't surprise me that the same attention to detail you know you're putting into making sure everyone's wadapalooza experience is amazing you're doing every day you know like i said earlier the, the the cleanliness the fact that you have shirts available in all different styles i can just see i moved a bench and you moved it back or you know i moved a bench and you made sure chairs were there even the fact that you had those you know i wouldn't call them fancy but i would call them like rubberish chairs so people yes. that sit on them don't get all you know don't get MRSA or the coronavirus <laughs> you know I'm sitting on a you know the rumor rumor is the coronavirus started at a crossword box on the sweaty couch I um, probably did <laughs> so so let's talk about some some let, let me ask you questions along the way how did yeah. you decide to open like in probably one of the most expensive areas in Miami
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, So, you know, as I mentioned, I've been doing CrossFit down here since 2009. Um, I was working out and coaching at a small gym just a few blocks away um, in the wrong direction, if you would, um, you know, further West kind of where it's a little desolate here in downtown. Cause you know, Miami is like, you know, most cities, right? Where you can be on one street and it's great and you can be on another street and it's not so great. Um, And just over the bridge is essentially one of the most expensive zip codes in the city, which is in Brickell. And, you know, Brickell is, Essentially, out of reach, um, in my opinion, for the overhead that you're going to have with a successful gym, right? As far as just the rent alone, um, downtown a little less expensive, but if you're close to the Brickell line, you could at least draw a lot of that that crowd, right? I mean, I live in Brickell, and I still, you know, I, I can walk to the gym, or bike to the gym, or scooter, right? We get locals primarily. But that being said, I was running that small gym, and the owners uh, have a very successful gym up in Fort Lauderdale, across from Fort Lauderdale, and um, you know, never really planned on. Taking it over, uh, but you know, kind of got to this point where like I wanted to do more. You know, I come from a corporate background, and I was I make my own hours. I had free time. I was spending a lot of time doing things in the gym that I wasn't being necessarily asked to do, but that I just felt like doing. I started doing some of their social media, started planning like events, little track days, different things outside the gym, and um, had kind of slowly staffed the gym right with people that I knew from the community. And before I knew it, uh, Jojo, who was managing gym, you know, essentially most of the day. Um, you know him and I were you know we're really a team and then you know we brought in a bunch of other coaches and fast forward and I kind of looked around and I I approached the owners um, you know good people I didn't want to open up a gym and be like hey guys like f you I'm gonna do my own thing like I'm the best you know I I had to remember the fact that these guys gave me and our team really a springboard Um, you know we had just a few members when I when I started coaching there and we were around 70 when I took over so I I bought that gym and closed it over a weekend I know people kind of were like how would you do that so quick it was kind of a year in the making right finding the right space and all that good stuff so the the rent um, in downtown and in Miami is, is fairly expensive right and finding a space in a city right I think you've seen it with other gyms that have had issues with landlords and vibrations and noises when you're in an urban environment um, you know it's 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 very very tricky to find a space where you can get a a long enough lease right because you're going to recoup your investment across the gym. It's not going to happen in a year. Maybe it'll happen in two if you're lucky, depending on how much you spent, right? Everyone's different. But um, I had to find a space that was going to be A, large enough, B, central enough. Um, And then of course, that wasn't just going to murder me uh, with overhead expenses, you know, and of course, something that I wasn't gonna have an issue with neighbors. And so we're in a historic building. Um, It's a landmark, which uh, wasn't easy to get into. I had to put together a whole business plan and we had to negotiate to get a current tenant out. And, it was a a very long process. And of course, you know, permitting with the city. I mean, gym owners know this all too well. It's not an overnight thing, right? It may have looked like it from the outside because I was adamant on not telling anyone, uh, not the members. I mean, the staff knew, but I didn't want to announce anything until it was ready. And because then I didn't want to turn into like, Hey, oh, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Because, you know, with gyms, especially there's a million things that are going to happen before you, you know, the idea versus the open. Right. And, I think, you know, I never want to be that person that's having to explain why something's not happening because I feel accountable and like uh So um, I just really wanted to give the members more. You know, we had that that intangible, right, at at our old gym, which is the community. You can can have a room full of true forms and skiers and the fanciest of everything, but at the end of the day, CrossFit is not an if you build it, he will come uh, type of thing. It's uh, you got to get them first, and then you can always expand and build and do. And that's kind of you know, if I would tell you that you were in our gym, right? So that back room that we have, which we use primarily for open gym or overflow, that room was basically the size of our old gym. It's crazy to think
0: about. It's so small. Which is extremely um, small. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be, you yeah, know, but people, 50 people, square feet.
1: Yeah, but people came, you know, and, and we had, you know, we had a great team and, and still have that same team with me today. Um, you know, we've expanded it a bit, but, you know, the core group of coaches we have, we've actually never turned them over. We have lost one coach in a year and a half. Um, so, you know, realistically, I, I think that, uh, it was a combination of factors, but more so that I, I kind of woke up and I was like, well, I'm doing this crossfit for 10 years. I've done it in all different capacities, you know, and, and this seems like the natural next step as a business person who also is a, a truly passionate about fitness and the sport. Um, you know, how could we do this? So was able to get the space that we, we have, it wasn't easy. Right. So go back to that luck word. Um, it definitely was not luck. It was a lot of stuff, um, to get there. Um, and, and, you know, I wanted to be in a more central location because again, in Miami and most cities, just a few blocks is going to make a world of difference. So when I looked at the numbers, did a lot of forecasting, I'm a numbers person. Um, also, you know, utilized my network, right? So like an accountant that we know through the CrossFit community, you know, like a guy that does a lot of M&A activity stuff that we know through CrossFit, like, I mean, just looking at, you know, working with realtors that we know through, I mean, so just, you know, there's so many people within the typical CrossFit network um, that you'd be surprised if you tap into it and, you know, realize that it's not something you do by yourself, right? There's so many resources that you can tap into and get help from to plan these types of things. So looked at a lot of different ways that the numbers could potentially go, worst case, best case, you know, and said, okay, this is something that, let's let's do this. So took my money, small SBA loan, and uh, the rest is history, and here we are. So we're in our 17th month of being open. In a seven-year lease with options to renew thankfully so uh, we have no upstairs neighbors, and um, you know we've actually been able to help bring other businesses to the corridor that we're in, which has been really beneficial for the building owner. So he's happy, and uh, we expanded three times in our first year, like slowly but surely as we grew. And after our revenues were at a certain number, you know, I look at the business and say, okay, what could you know? Are we ready for this? Right? Is this something that's safe for us to do? You know, we're we biting off more than we can chew. Being really prudent and careful and You know, to your point about attention to detail, looking at you know little things that we can do to kind of you know scale correctly, right, and stay in business and be successful.
0: So it seems like you're doing so many things in the CrossFit space the right way. You know, a lot of people get involved in CrossFit like, hey, I want to train people, and Mm -hmm. and you clearly have a passion for that. You've taken your level two; you're not just kind of letting that sit by the wayside while you focus on the business, but you are doing a lot of things like analyzing numbers and, and forecasting, you know, and all these things that CrossFit box owners don't realize they should be doing. Where where does that come from? I know you have a background in, you know, quote unquote, the real world with real jobs. Is that where it comes from? Is it just, Hey, you're trying to be intelligent about it. So this is open in, you know, three Uh, years, five years, 10 years, like, and, and what's some advice you would give to people? Because, you know, unlike you, when I started, it was like, Hey, let's buy some equipment and let's have some fun. Yeah, of course. So that I mean, you're not a, having a ton of fun, but you're doing it, it also really smart.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great question. A lot of moving parts in that question, and I think you know what you're mentioning about you know let's let's all have some fun and you know that that worked ten years ago, twelve years ago, absolutely. Right. I mean, that's that's how the gym I I went to kind of started. It was a bunch of people in a warehouse, and we were figuring stuff out. You know, and like we're like, what are these innovate sneakers? Like we didn't really know much about anything back then. Um, But you know, things have obviously changed and now there's so many, you know, and and in a lot of ways I think CrossFit has spawned the whole growth of the boutique fitness industry, but that's for another conversation. As far as, you know, when I look at at our business and I look at other CrossFit gyms and just what works, what doesn't work, I think that it's a combination of things, right? So yes, do I come from the quote unquote uh, real world? Absolutely. Right. So I was a, a finance and I have two degrees, one in finance and one in marketing and advertising. Um, And then, of course, also like I've been working in the corporate world, you know, I'll be truthful, I'm 36 now, I've been working in the corporate world since I'm 21, but I also have always loved, you know, working out and I've been in love with CrossFit since I found it, Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I think that when I look at, and this isn't all CrossFit gyms. when I look at, let's say a failed CrossFit gym, we'll use that as an example. When I look at a failed CrossFit gym, a lot of the time, what I'll see is that there was a partner, right, who was like the business person, the person who understood the numbers, and then there was a person who was the CrossFit lover, right? This games athlete or, you know, whatever, an athlete that loved CrossFit. And they came together and they said, I'll be the this and you'll be the that and we're going to make it work. And It doesn't, right? Because I think that the numbers person doesn't understand the relationship and community side and then the fitness side and what needs to happen from the programming perspective and all these other things relating to the, you know, the people and community side and the fitness side of the business. And then vice versa, the fitness guy wants to get a whole room of concept to erg bikes because it's the new cool thing. And doesn't it all think about what he's bringing in or what the long-term is going to look like on, let's say a, you know, a loan, right. Or a lease? like, Oh yeah, we, we got this great space and we have no leads. Like, are you kidding? Right. So I think it's a combination of, you know, yes, absolutely being able to apply a lot of the things that I learned, you know, through my, my corporate experience, but also unfortunately seeing, you know, I, like i said i've been doing this down here for you know 10 plus years and unfortunately especially in miami i think at one point we had over 160 affiliates down here in the, in the county alone um just unfortunately seeing a lot of gyms fail right i mean it's, it's kind of went through this this period and i think we've seen it all over i'm sure you know a lot about it because you've been traveling so much and you've been part of the seminar staff to you know these gyms just open and then they a year later or two years later they they close or they consolidate so i think it's a combination of that and and seeing other gyms fail and learning from unfortunately other people's mistakes um, over the years. I've been a part of a few different gyms down here and you know staying and never really said, oh, if I had a gym I would do it such and such way. But now that I have one and during the planning stages, thinking about the things that I liked, I mean something as simple as you know we have in our gym a black uh, we don't have a whiteboard in the front of the room right We have this black glass board we use neon markers and it looks really nice and sleek and clean. And, you know, years ago, after going to the games uh, to spectate in 2012 or 2013, I forget which year, but I would always stay in West Hollywood with a family in California. And I go to Brick and Brick had this, you know, awesome black board. It looked so nice and clean. And I always remember that, you know, and then when it came time, you know, we opened our gym and said, oh, well, I'm going to put that board in there, right? So just taking these little nuggets of wisdom from so many drop-ins and visits and stuff through the years, right? So I think just experience in the community, watching other people's failures, Yes, absolutely. Applying corporate experience, um, you know, in my "quote unquote" other job, day job, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, I'm in uh, consulting and sales in the IT space, and do a ton of networking and events. And I, I do biz dev. I opened up the market for my company in the last two that I worked for in South Florida. So I building, I've been building businesses in a way for many, many years for other people or divisions of businesses. So it was kind of just modeling it after. I had done a lot of that with. Getting out there in the community, I think a lot of gym owners don't think much about how much they need to be a part of everything else going around them, and having good relationships with other gyms and other athletes, and being very open and letting people come and train at your gym, and um, you know, just again looking at the numbers all the time, right? Every single day, um, being you know on top of your inventory, your revenue, finding other lines of revenue to make money off of, right? Your membership is great, but like you know, you, you see retail, right? Little things or you know food items and you know trying different things out and I think one of the biggest things I see with a lot of gym owners um whether they're ones that fail or ones that are in business that are their apprehension to be nimble and agile right if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say oh well, we've always done it this way or our program is like this and we don't change our schedule you have to be responsive to what your members want I mean to a certain degree right don't put a I have a member that wanted a rock climbing wall in my gym and I look at him like, no. like Hard to know on that. Right. But, you know, so I think just being, being smart about what you invest in, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many different things. Right. Um, but, you know, always being in the business. Yes. I, I still coach classes, um, you know, three nights a week. I'm happy to fill in for coaches where I can. Um, and then I think, you know, the other side of it too, it's the people side of the business beyond your members and the community. It's it's your staff, right. It's your team. Wadapalooza um, was so successful and our day-to-day in my opinion is so successful because, you know, we have, you know, I run meetings with my team at the gym, just like I do with my team, you know, at, at my other company. I mean, like we meet regularly and they're fun too, right? We, we go through the, the business, right? We have agendas. They have a lot of visibility to what's going on in the business. We hire from within. I mean, the, the staff is really, really important. Um, you know, I pride ourselves on the fact that we don't turn over. You know, I encourage growth. I mean, if my, one of my coaches opens up a gym tomorrow, I'm going to help them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to hope and pray it's not next door to me. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, because they, they're compensated the right way, they're bonus, they have all these nice perks. And I think that their, their morale is high and their work ethic is high. They're happy to be there. And that shows, you know, to the members. So it's, it's one big kind of cyclical thing. Right. But, you know, we're always trying to find new ways to improve. We we don't do everything perfect, but we definitely are receptive to change um, and, and ready to make changes we need to.
0: So so many, you know, awesome things that you're talking about there. I want to ask you about something really basic because you hear about this a lot these days. What was behind your decision to label the gym downtown strength and conditioning, but then have CrossFit?
1: Yeah. So uh, it's funny you ask that. So last year I met, um, I met Jeff Kane, right? When he was CEO, uh, he was in town and came to our gym and worked out incognito, had no idea who he was. And uh, we, you know, we chatted quite a bit and ended up. Um, sharing a meal together with some other people throughout the weekend. And the first thing he asked me when we really sat down and started talking about the gym was that, right? Why do we not, why are we affiliated, which we are, um, we're CrossFit DTSC. Why are we affiliated and and not putting that in our name? So uh, I mentioned earlier the fact that at one point in Miami specifically, there were, you know, like I mentioned, over, I think, 160 affiliates. And I use that term really broadly because I think we all know what it is the good affiliate the bad affiliate what does that mean um you know and in miami in particular because it, the overhead you know if you go outside of the city and in more rural areas overhead it's pretty easy right you go find a warehouse we got tons of them throw some rowers in there and like to your point earlier have some fun very easy to do get your affiliation you know and bam you're ready so we, and we still, to this day, we have a lot of gyms that are, they're operating with no L1 coaches, let alone, you know, we are, most of our coaches are L2, you know, or beyond or have other certifications, right? We require we it, we pay for it, but there are all these affiliates or were a lot of affiliates and still are that just aren't, in my opinion, bringing anything positive to the CrossFit brand, unfortunately. Lots of great affiliates, don't get me wrong, but these bad affiliates, or even if there's one is enough to potentially influence someone's um, opinion, right? We talk about this in the community all the time. I know you've talked about it on your podcast as well, right? That these affiliates are the ones that really muddy the reputation. And in Miami in particular, because we've had so much rampant growth and then consolidation and just a lot of underqualified people teaching quote unquote CrossFit, um, you know, it, it scared me. And after listening to, you know, people's, um, apprehensions to join gyms over the years or hearing people talk about their experiences or journeys or why they wouldn't try CrossFit with me or come to my classes when I was coaching. Um, it was because of that this, these stigmas, right? So I said, okay, well, what if I just didn't put it in the name and it wouldn't be a deterrent? Like the so, quote unquote real CrossFitters are going to know, right? We'll be on the affiliate map. We'll brand ourselves. We'll market ourselves around CrossFit. We'll include all the right things on our website and within the community people are going to know who we are because of our network and connections. Great. But, you know, how do we capture the people that, you know, don't want to do CrossFit and then you put them through, you know, Fran with dumbbells and ring rows and tell them they just do CrossFit and they're like, oh my God, really? Because they thought it was something entirely different. They had all these misconceptions on what it was. And, you know, we do participate in things like PureFit and ClassPass and GymPass and things to help bring exposure and, um, you know, convert people that wouldn't go to a quote unquote CrossFit class, but will sign up for something like that. You'd be surprised. I know, I know class pass sometimes gets a bad name is kind of race to the bottom. But for us, at least, especially in the beginning, it was a really great way to get people to try the gym. I I still use class pass myself when I want to do other things like spinning or, you know, berries or what have you. But we've had conversions. We've had people that have come in on class pass that didn't want to do CrossFit, came in, did CrossFit without realizing it, loved the workout. You know, I have, I have girls in particular that like, were like, I'll never touch a barbell. I don't do this cross. I don't want to rip my hand. I don't want to do these crazy things like these people do. And then, you know, a few weeks after doing it, they, they want to sign up for a barbell class. They want to, you know, whatever. So it had a lot to do with, you know, wanting to kind of cast a little bit of a wider net, but of course not really muddying the brand either. Right. I, at the end of the day, look, we are a CrossFit gym. Absolutely. Do we offer bootcamp versions of our program? Absolutely, right? Do we offer Olympic weightlifting as a separate course? Absolutely. Do we have Ramwad and yoga and mobility once a month, you know, for an entry point into that and as an important part of recovery? Yes, but we don't, we're not a, a yoga studio. We're not, you know, I think Brent Bergeron mentioned in uh, one of his podcasts that he told his wife, if you want to do yoga, go down the street. And I, I was like, preach, yes, because it's true. Like you want to expose people to some of these other things, but you don't want to get too far away from what your core business is, in, in our case, which is CrossFit, um, and that has a lot to do with too, staying active in community events, right? Getting your members to participate in CrossFit competitions, being a part of things like Water So, you know, I didn't want to be attached to negative stigma related to CrossFit, and also, in particular, relating to Miami. I, I just I didn't want to be grouped with a lot of these affiliates that are no longer around. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of areas probably where you've seen a lot of growth quickly probably suffer from from that right we've all heard it before somebody's like oh i don't want to do crossfit i'll get injured i'll get you know i mean i I know crossfit just had a huge victory you know to be able to uh legally uh, fight back right and and win when it comes to just even in the media people out there trying to hurt our brand and and talk about you know crossfit's going to kill you you know it's like it's not you're going to be fine so um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're affiliated. I'm, it's on our website. I'm proud of it. Uh, we take part in the open, you know, we, we absolutely, you know, preach the CrossFit way we, we program as such, but we also leave the door open, you know, for people that, you know, don't, don't really want to do a lot of that stuff, right? We, we offer the core instead of the strength every day, we offer, you know, a modified version of the workout where people are still working out with the group, but aren't doing the barbell stuff, right? So there's ways to kind of tick all the boxes in my opinion, without kind of getting too far away from what your business is.
0: What are some other things that you think you guys do really well that having been around and seeing other boxes, talking to other owners, aren't being done enough?
1: Oh man, that's a, that's a long winded question. Give me just some examples, <laughs> you know,
0: and, and I'll give oh, you man. some, you know, like you said, like, I no, think I every box should have a whiteboard, but I love how you have this you know, shiny one with the neon markers, right? It just adds a little pizzazz, if you will, to the box. It's a little different. Um, you know, you have your mural when you first walk in. What What are some other little things?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people don't do as much as they should on the, uh, on the branding, right? So like I mentioned, I come a lot from a marketing advertising background and, you know, your brand is your brand, right? It's what people are saying when you're not around. It's what, people leave when I mean water this is a perfect example I mean if we have I think I had to do four highlights on our Instagram page of because of the story mentions we're just so many because people want to take pictures in the gym they want to photographers want to shoot in the gym right the investment in the mural people thought it was crazy like you're gonna spend X dollars on a mural why would you do that it's like because this is what people see right this is what they see when they're in the gym this is what they're left with when they leave the gym people recognize if they've never been to my gym don't even know the name if they see you know, someone on Instagram post a video from there, it's the visual of it. They're like, I've seen that gym before. Oh, I know that place. I owe oh, those mural. I, oh yeah. That's that gym with all the picture. Right. So like things like that, right. Really important. If you go to our Instagram page, we only use like high res professional photos. I still do the social media for our gym myself. Um, just because, you know, yeah, is it something I could delegate? Absolutely. But I don't because as the owner of the gym and as a coach of the gym, I'm in the gym. I know every member by name, um, and, and, usually more than that. Right. And I think that a lot of owners are really disconnected from, from how that kind of all, you know, comes together, right. The, the physical look of the gym, right. You mentioned the, the, the blackboard, right. I mean, even in our bathroom, um, actually I, I had a great, I got this idea from another gym owner locally. Um, Claudia, she's one of the owners at yellow Falcon, which is another gym here in Miami. She has such a beautiful bathroom, <laughs> a gorgeous bathroom. And they had this amazing, like little toiletry utility <sighs> you know, cart. And I said, Oh my God, I love this idea. She had posted it in a, a gym owner group I'm in and I, I messed her about it. And, you know, it's something as simple, you know, you go to home goods, it's what 30 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever to so buy this thing. You go to the dollar store you get just the essentials, right? Girls leaves a hair tie or needs a hair tie that day, you know, or guy forgot, you know, deodorant, you know, quick spray. Like, I mean, these little things the investment is so small and you know, people love it. They come in they're like, Oh, this is, this is nice you know um so i mean just just things along in our bathrooms we have you know shampoo and conditioner i, I get it at a costco it's this are not expensive things to do and you mentioned attention to detail earlier these small things are, are things that really make a difference um you know maintaining like this sunday before wadapalooza and i do this pretty often i'll just spend you know hours in the gym um it's actually somewhat therapeutic for me like this kind of repainting where there's scuffs on the wall or oiling up the machines you know you know, and, and our coaches take pride in the gym, you know, like, being on top of it, like, if, if we see things that just aren't where they're supposed to be, not leaving things broken for a long period of time, right? Like, something breaks, like, we're we're making phone calls, I mean, you wouldn't believe me, it, because it didn't look like it, but the Wednesday of Guadalupe a week, like, we had a, essentially a flood in the back, um, we, you know, our building is super old, we have, you know, copper piping, it's, you know, it's very hard to deal with sometimes, and, you know, crossfitters use a lot of, uh, they use the toilet quite a bit. I'll leave it at that. And um, we, you know, thousand bucks in the garbage, but not really. Right. But we had to get the the pipes jetted at 11 o'clock at night, pull a big truck up and run lines. And, you know, I mean, that wasn't going to wait. Like the building landlord was like, Oh, you didn't have to spend your money. We would have sent somebody. It's like, but when you're going to have somebody look at it in a day or two in our busiest week of the year. Right. So making those decisions to you know invest where we need to and, and you know making those those changes right taking pride in the physical look of the gym, taking pride in the impression that you leave on people right like posting stories on instagram, tagging those people you know i don't spend any money on independent advertising as far as like i don 't do sponsored ads or anything along those lines you know what we do we we do referrals, right? We give, you know, members get 25 bucks to your first buddy, what have you, because our members are our biggest advocates. But on, on top of that, you know, it's it's really leaving, you know, that lasting impression on, you know, Instagram is like the key for us in a lot of ways. Like I, I'll post those stories, you know, or repost member videos and tag, take the time out to tag these people, post our workouts. Members, you know, want to see themselves working out, looking, you know, getting stuff done, capturing those, those moments. Um, you know, and really, you know, putting yourself out there all the time. Like I mean, imagine if I posted, you know, a hundred stories and all those stories, you know, got tagged by if I tagged two or three people or brands or whatever in there and got reposted and reposted or if you know, allowing, you know, the the walls look like what they look like and photographers want to shoot there and then all of a sudden, you know, you get access to those photos and then, you know, you're ending up on a you know a Fleo email or whatever. And it's like I'm so proud of that, you know, because people know that it's our gym and it makes every dollar we spent on the art or the space or you know, the hours that I spent painting walls and making sure, you know, it was like when Fikowski did his, his stuff with Arm & Hammer during WADA, like there was one wall he was in front of that was, I kid you not, it was a disaster like the week prior, scuffs and, you know, all just jacked up. And when, when I saw the video of him doing all this stuff, I was like, man, I'm so, I'm so happy that I painted that wall um, just because it's like, you know, these are just what people see. Right. Um, so again, you don't have to have the fanciest and the best of everything, but you know, just, just taking pride in what you do have, right. Maintaining that, that stuff and putting the money where it matters, right. Like I said, in the branding of the business and, um, you know, spending the money to have the the right coaches there, enough coaches, you know, I mean, I always make the comparison of like uh, an ER, right. If you go to the ER and the doctor to patient ratio is one to 20, probably gonna be a while before you get seen. Right. But if you go, let's say to another neighborhood where maybe taxes are higher and the doctor to patient ratio is one to four, you know, it's going to get a different experience in that ER and it's no different in a CrossFit gym, right? Like I think a lot of owners like don't want to, they're always looking for ways to cut costs and you know, you have to spend money to make money. And I understand that it's not always something that's easy to do. I mean, I can tell you, I'll be very candid. I have not taken a dollar out of the business. Um, I put everything back and happily. So it's my choice, not because we're not profiting, but because I, I want to continue to foster the growth of the business and you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not in it for, uh, you know, make a quick buck and be gone and sell it. I mean, I want to take pride in our, our space and I want the members to take pride in it. They, they like being there. They're proud of it. Right. So, I mean, spending money on it, like I said, having a marketing person, like looking at the areas where you can do stuff or where you need to delegate, knowing when to kind of step away from certain things, where to invest, um, you know, having events, networking, doing different things. I mean, it, it's, it's all, there's a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of things. I mean, I think I don't remember who had said it, but like, if you're doing like, you know, a swim workout or a track workout, or you're doing things, you know, maybe once a month or whatever, like, that is not above and beyond that is your responsibility as a gym, as a community, as an owner to be doing things for your members. You know, it's what are you doing beyond that, right? How are you? Are you offering, you know, gymnastics course, right for your for your members? Are you offering, you know, skills based nutrition, you know, do you have a coach that has a assert for that? Like, are you, are you doing things to add value to your services and your
0: business? So, yeah. And I, lo- I love what you're saying too. So much of that is just low hanging fruit, you know, totally clean, clean your walls. And I love the idea of, you know, having a wall where people do take pictures in front of, I've seen other boxes do that well, because then people share it, you know, they post yeah. it and it's the most whether or not thing. They, yeah, whether or not they tag you, they're still seeing it. So mm-hmm. one more question, just, you know, you've set yourself up for success what are some of the things you're doing now though to stay ahead of the curve you know it's 2020 what are some things you're kind of forecasting to do well now that other boxes maybe can do as well you know if if what you're saying sparks their interest some some of the other little things that like hey i want to be so successful for the next five years that i'm doing this today
1: yeah so i think it's a great question um so I think there's, there's a lot of things, right? So I just was talking a little bit about going above and beyond with events. Um, I can tell you, you know, like I have, you know, meetings with the coaches very regularly, post-mortems on how things went, um, you know, and, and planning ahead. I think that's one of the biggest things, planning ahead, right? So our event schedule right now is very solidified, um, at least from a date perspective, some events from an outline perspective already as well, all the way through essentially July, Right. So we have at least one, two things going on a month. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, pre-planning uh, the event schedule is really important. Um, and then also, of course, you know, ensuring that you're, you're empowering and we are empowering our coaches for their future growth. right? Because if they grow, we grow. So like, you know, I now have two coaches that have their saw L1. Um, you know, we're affiliating our barbell club. Right? We were essentially built on Olympic weightlifting way back in the day uh, when that's how I met essentially the original owner of our old gym. Um, you know, we still place a high emphasis on weightlifting. Um, so, you know, continuing education, right, for the coaches, like looking at, you know, sitting down with them individually and talking about what their goals are going to be. Um, how could we help foster their growth? You know, whether it's in our walls or beyond, um, is going to be really important to our continued success. And um, you know, because they're successful, then we're successful, right? Um, and then definitely looking at you know P and L, right? So looking at profit and loss. I I pay for a bookkeeper. This is a really good investment. I can tell you. I pay $750 every three months to be very transparent. And it is one of the best things you can possibly do. Um, so looking back at our, our annual P&L and looking every single month at what we're spending on what, um, and that is fluid, right? So always looking at areas where we can be efficient, right? Are we getting our, you know, our ginger shots from one distributor and this distributor is where we get our other thing from and is it cheaper? Is it better? um you know things like from waterpalooza i could tell you a lot of brands reached out to us about carrying their products right like mush sent us some samples we said okay let's let's try it out right let's just put it in the gym people like it we can what are the margins on it right you you drank cold brew in our gym right continuing to see what's working right what are we making money on um what is adding value you know what is going to continue to add value in our our gym um you know do we want to look at cbd right i get contacted i'm sure like most gym owners buy cbd companies all the time is this something that works would it work this company has a vending machine that comes with it great evaluating you know our retail strategy all the time um always coming out with you know new designs and things like that um to to keep i mean if you go in if you go into our gym on an average day you'll see probably 50 percent of the members are wearing something whether it's socks hat, shirt you know sticker whatever um you know to, to show our, our brand. Right. So looking at how that's going to look for, for 2020 and 2021 and beyond, um, you know, and then of course also like class schedules, how are we looking attendance wise, open gym wise, um, you know, just kind of doing a little bit more of the same, but also, you know, being receptive to, to change. We are doing a lot with the CrossFit foundation. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Josh Murphy a couple of years ago and um, he's been a huge uh, supporter of the gym and also really has, helped open us up to a lot of the different foundations out there that are affiliated with CrossFit. I think a lot of owners could look at how they could really get more involved in their local communities. Right now we're working on founding a local regional chapter of OutWide um, with another uh, another member from CrossFit Soul, Danny's Gym, to help really kind of localize the efforts that we've been doing with the LGBT community even more so because we have done OutWide several times and there are a lot of other gyms in the area that, that support it. Um, we're doing uh, something with Catch a Lift, um, which is a, another CrossFit Foundation-affiliated um, group that uh, is, is essentially gives, you know, events opportunity to either get CrossFit memberships or equipment, sponsor a lot of different things around that. So just, you know, doing not just events like a beach wad, right, but doing things that are going to be beneficial to the community, they're going to connect you in. We had the Downtown Development Authority at the gym yesterday They were doing a campaign on, um, live and work in downtown, right? It's not just an area where people come to work anymore. It's a place where people you, you can live and that you want to be. Um, so I think looking outside of just this, like CrossFit, you know, I, I'll use the term box, uh, the irony, right? But looking outside our little boxed world, right, um, and, and saying how could I do more beyond, right? Like how could I be involved in, you know, with other local businesses? We did a business at the box event last year, which we'll do again this year. It was a huge success wasn't really sure how it was gonna go, but you know, we were able to pull sponsors and you know, I think a lot of people don't realize going back to my my comment about network, you have so many people at your disposal as an affiliate owner or even as a coach. You really do. You just you just don't realize it until you like try, right? So when I went to some of the people that you know, I look around at our, our average member and I'm like, man, you know, we have people from every walk of life. You name it. We've got everyone from doctors to photographers to um, you know, estheticians, I mean, lawyers, you you name it, right? Like, like most gyms probably do. You have a lot of different types of people. what tends to, to do that, right? Age, ranges, whatever. So, um, you know, I started looking around. I'm like, man, you know, a lot of these people, I would get calls, emails, people like, oh, I love who did your, uh, who does your, uh, your emails, who does your branding, who does your books, who does, you know, and I would be making all these recommendations all the time, connecting people to one another. And um, I said, man, you know, this could be, there's a better way to do this. Like, what if I just did sort of a business networking event, like business at the box at the gym, you know, use one of our members, you know, he's got a, you know, barbecue, Brazilian barbecue company. We pay him a few hundred bucks, you know, they, they grill some food. I have some, you know, a couple of members that are liquor, wine and liquor reps, you know, get some, you know, maybe some samples of that, like put it together. You know, some, the investment is minimal. You get a, a DJ, you know, a couple, but we rented some high top tables. Like, this is again, not this is low hanging fruit these are your already your members at your gym right you know these are people that could be meeting each other helping each other working with one another and a lot of opportunities came out of that for people you know we, we didn't charge for it we didn't sell tables we let people set up if they wanted to and bring business cards and, and meet and mingle and people who are you sweat next to this guy every single day maybe you know his name maybe you make small talk in a partner wad but you don't really know much about what each other does or how you could work together. So definitely replicating a lot of the events that worked well for us. um, We'll definitely do that again. Um, And then, you know, as I mentioned, being part of a lot of the, you know, the things outside of your gym, right? Whether that's your members businesses, whether that's charities that affiliated with CrossFit or not, um, you never know kind of how that, how that could help. We did save by the bell last year as well. Another event centered around education. And I mean, so I, I think that people miss the boat a lot on how much they could be, you know, these, these organizations, these foundations are, you know, they're chomping at the bit to be more involved, you know, they're, they're happy to help, right. So, you know, just kind of taking, you know, I think people don't do enough from an outbound perspective, they just wait for people to walk into their gym. Like, I mean, when we first opened, we were handing out, you know, literally going door to door coaches to just the neighborhood businesses and the condo associations and people around, you know, feed on the street, like cold calling, like they used to do back in the day in sales, just like, telling people that you're here you know and people don't do that fire stations police officers offering corporate discounts I mean so we're going to continue to do a lot more of what we've been doing and then of course you know adding more right doing more events doing more within the community and you know learning from our mistakes right looking at you know we spent money on you know, like I said three different expansions last year like this year it's it's not it's not about that this year it's about you know, putting money back into, you know, essentially paying off the startup costs, or Paying off the loan, doing things to actually be able to take home, you know, a salary, you know, in the future.
0: Yeah, it sounds to me, you know, and for anyone listening, the big takeaways from listening to Jess is it's not one big thing. It's lots of little things done exceptionally well with pride that are gonna make your box the one that stands out. You know, in Miami, like you've mentioned, there's hundreds of boxes in a small radius, but there's a reason downtown strength and conditioning, you know, becomes the go-to one for Wadapalooza and for other people to check out. And it's not one thing. It's all of those little things. So I hope that if people are listening, they can take one thing away from it. You don't have to do, you know, everything Jess is doing because I'm not sure how she finds the time, but you know, maybe it's, you know, paint your walls once in a while, get a whiteboard, run a social event that showcases the great things that your members do at your box. It's really awesome. And from our perspective here, best hour of their day, Jess, it's just awesome to see someone doing it. You know, like coach Glassman used to say, do the right things for the right people. And that's what you're doing.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you know, and I think just to hinge on that is, you know, kind of a, a really important piece. I you know I mentioned a few times about, you know, the team, right. And even though I may be a sole owner, you know, there's nine of us as far as coaches, myself included, and then, you know, our marketing person, right? So technically, 10 of us, and then the extension of that, right, I mentioned we have a bookkeeper, I have my accountant, and all these kind of peripheral people. And I think it's really important to understand that it's not my gym. Yes, it's mine on paper, but it's not my gym, right? It's the members gym, it's the coaches gym, it's, it's everyone's in this community's gym. And that you know, the more that you allow people to really be part of things, the more that it's it's really going to help you. Um, and I think the really one of the biggest things is it's our team, right? Like, I really take pride in in our team. Like, I really I'm so proud of them. You know, I mean, the feedback that we get all of the time, all of the time. You know, well, excuse me, I'll say one percent, right? So ninety nine percent of the time is amazing. You know, and then just you know being re- receptive to you know maybe if there's something that needs attention and how how we address that, right? And ensuring that the, the staff really love each other, right? That really building that team, you know, you put the right people in the right seats and everything will will work out. And I think that within, you know, the success of a CrossFit gym, it's, it's we are a people business, 100%. We are in the business of coaching CrossFit. We are not in the business of a rower or, you know, art on the walls, right? We are absolutely in the people business. And um, I, I think that that's probably, at least for me, one of the things that I try and really be, you know, have my, my ear to the grindstone, if you would, all the time. Like, really understand what's going on out there. I mean, you know, our our members really feel that this is their gym. You know, they helped us move. The weekend we moved, I mean, they moved us. You know, our members actually spent the whole weekend. Our coaches, we moved into that gym. Like, so they they feel it's theirs, you know. So I think that that's probably one of the the biggest things, at least for me, you know, is is empowering other people and tapping into that network you have to to, to continue to foster success
0: and growth. Well, I love it. I look forward to seeing that growth continue, and I look forward to being back next year, and yeah, you know, hanging out with all your coaches who did a phenomenal job at Wadapalooza. and you know, you have thank a great you, coaching you. staff. I've been lucky enough to be a part of many of their level ones and level twos. So. Well, that's why
1: they're so great, obviously. I mean, you taught us everything we know. So uh, You know, I didn't want to take all the credit, but I, I do feel we'll
0: like- We'll give deserve, you some.
1: We'll definitely you Yeah, give I deserve
0: some. some of it. But so. Jess, thank you so much. And, you know, we'll put all of your information out there. But if people want to check out, you know, your personal social media and the box social media, where can they head to?
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, my personal page is, um, my Instagram is jbnymia. I'm from New York. Those are my initials. Um, but the gym- which is my pride and joy Instagram is uh, DT, right? That's as in downtown SC, as in strength and conditioning, MIA, and that's it. So DTSC, MIA. Um, we've also got a Barbell Club uh, Instagram, which is linked on that page and a link tree with all kinds of other stuff on their photos and our website. So DTSC, on the gram, and that'll kind of show you everything
0: else. Love it, Jess. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for sharing so much and of your what? wisdom. Our pleasure. And Anytime.
1: Anytime. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope to see you guys soon.
0: You got it. Have a all great right. day.
1: My pleasure. Thanks.
0: Bye. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out leave us a comment on there, head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.